Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia, and today, uh, kind of a little bit of a interesting setup. I'm not driving, but I am at the track, and I'm here with uh, my two favorite Toyota drivers, Kelvin Ariola. Hello. And, of course, uh, Ziggler. Yo. Let me see. Uh, try that again, uh, Ziggler. You're a little low. Yo, no. I don't know why. Is it on? It says it's on. It's a goddamn, you fools camping. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's try it again. Oh, you know what? I was fucking up. Check, check. (laughs) Alright, try it now. Yo. There we check, go. Check. All right. Now, eh, I'm keeping it in. Check, okay. get, check, get, check. So, check you, know, you know, like, this is fanciness. Like, for me and Kelvin and, you know, I, I remember the time we were out at Sonoma uh, camping out for the Lemons race in the, in the what was it, that uh, the real $500 uh, Lemons car we had, the... Uh, the Celica or no 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 that was a Corolla right? It's a, it, we only Bob, drive Corollas, Bob. <laughs> it was the same car you own. FF Corolla, yeah. GTS Corolla, nineteen ninety two. It was probably eighty nine, I think. But it was it was a GTS, yeah. yes. Yeah, but that one was uh, what was it? It, it was um, was that a four AG in that? It, one? it was a four AG GTS SR five came with the four AFE. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, you guys are going to be doing uh, Streets of Willow. You guys excited? You know, it's been a while since I've driven streets clockwise. Oh, so Um, it is clockwise? I believe it's clockwise. I don't even know. So, you know, the the track that I have on Assetto Corsa is also clockwise. So I've been practicing in the spec Miata. Not Mm -hmm. saying that my car handles like a spec Miata. Probably when better. I drive Corollas, it's just too drifty <laughs> on there, so it's going to be in between that. Why uh, would they... But I thought it was clockwise. I, I don't know. Clockwise seems so so hard for the Corollas, dude. For well, <laughs> so clockwise... I think clockwise has less of a hard braking zone, right? Because you're not breaking down yeah, on the, the straight the, into the bowl. Yeah, that's true. You're just breaking into that chicane, the mm-hmm. quick chicane and left. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're they're so, two hard braking zones regardless because you're still going like at the top of third I guess. Okay, so what's your track time, Bob? I, I honestly driven uh, streets maybe twice. Clockwise, counterclockwise. Uh, clockwise, but that was before the repave. So I yeah. think I did in the comp school. I did like, but I wasn't even like really trying. It was maybe like a one thirty five or and something. And if anyone doesn't know, we call Bob. We call Bib Bob. <laughs> and well, Bib is Jaime Garcia <laughs> FF <laughs> podcast. Just so you guys know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've known these guys since I was in college and started, even before I started tracking, like, these guys were, like, my bad uh, decision uh, maker people. So, yeah, the, these guys were always the people that uh we would drive out in mountains with and uh yeah just 
make the worst decisions. Well, you didn't make the worst decision because you still owned a Honda. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and we're I'm missing we're missing somebody because we're supposed to have Jason here, but what? Ha- so what's going on with Jason's car? Ex- um, explain he it met, to you. So he, Jason spent about two days flaring his fenders and doing body work, <laughs> and when it was time to actually. When it was time to actually drive his Savage. car and park his car, he moved his car. He noticed it was running shitty, and he would try it at different <laughs> throttle and different loads, and it was just running really shitty. So um, he checked injectors. Injectors were firing, um, but it was running, I believe, lean. It was still running lean, so he didn't think that fuel was getting to the injector. Long story short, um, he should just do a compression test like John said. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, long story short, if you have a 3S GE Beams out of an Alteza SXE10, just leave it stock ECU yeah, or Power all stock. FC. All stock. Don't yeah. even do Power FC. You're stupid. <laughs> I don't need you don't even need to do FC that. to fix the mass airflow. Yeah, don't even put your oil cooler and all that stuff yeah, on there. I You're put, stupid. I know. I know. Bone stock. I've... Five, I think that's going on five years, and I've overheated it like six times. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, you know, so, I, wait, is that like a uh, cast iron block? Yeah, it is cast iron. Uh, oh, it's super heavy. It's, it's stupid. It's heavy. Stupid. You might as well go K-series at that point. Yeah. But, but the cast iron block, like, those are pretty reliable. It's like the uh, Miatas, because they can handle more uh, heat than yeah, your regular they're not iron block. I mean, they're okay, but... Okay. They're not they're not a K series, that's for sure, Bob, right? Well, the thing is that with the K series if you overheat them, like I think it's 220, it's like when you're going to fucking destroy a head gasket or warp a head. So, I'm sure you guys are constantly going over 220. Well, yeah, over- been, yeah, 240 a couple times at least. <laughs> you know, trying to do drifty drifty in like 110 degrees outside. You know, I don't know what's 100 degrees Celsius, 212 Fahrenheit. So I get it to just over 100 degrees Celsius, and I still run a stock radiator on my shitty Corolla just because it works, and it works pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So for those that don't know, you drive a Toyota Corolla, but not not the A86. It's just uh, it's just like A86, though. It's just like an A86, but it's uh, 19, uh, a TE72. T72. T meaning 3TC. A T72 came with 3TC. K70 came with a K series 4K engine. Mm -hmm. Right? And like an A70, A71 um, came with a 4AC. So it's in the chassis code. And then the last two numbers designate like the chassis and the year. Okay. So 70, 71, 72. Yeah. So you have essentially. uh, It's a T72. So it's a two-door, well, three-door because it's a hatchback. But do it's, all the TEs? It's called a Sport Coupe. Sport Coupe. According to Toyota, yeah. But they have, like, so many variations of that model. Like, there's They f- came with, like, five different front ends. So there's slant front, brick headlight like John's. There's a Trueno front, which has square headlights like mine, but it's slanted, which is really ugly. Then you have mine, which mm-hmm. is regular square headlights. Okay. Regular H4 7x6 housings. And then you have the quad headlights. So there's a lot of variations. Then you have the wagon. Then you have the high roof wagon. And then you have the hard top. You have the lift back. You two, have the sport coupe like mine. You have two, the two door. 
two yeah, door the wagon. four door, two door panel wagon. Yeah. There's so many variations. Now they just offer you one trim. Yeah. And the difference is black bumpers or color match bumpers. That's all. <laughs> all you get in a Corolla now. Yeah. Huh. So today or tomorrow's gonna be the first time that Sigler's gonna be driving his new fancy fancy uh, Formula One uh, style suspension that he did on the rear. Yeah, Formula One had had live axles for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. So, what exactly did you do? Because what kind of suspension that you put on it? Because uh, at first you had the leaf spring with a solid beam rear axle, but now you have still the solid beam rear axle, but it's uh, cantilever lever. I, I forget. Yeah, what that's stupid cantilever, cantilever coilover. Because like. Stupid! I didn't. When I bought the wagon, I was dumb and didn't even do any research and didn't even know. I'm even going to the junk for all those years. I never really looked under them. I didn't know the wagons had stupid leaf springs. So, and then when I got it home, I was like, "Oh man, this is stupid." So like, <laughs> I did a bunch of things. We, I got, I, I bought the car. And then, like, literally, like, 30 minutes away from the house, it got rod knocked. You blew it up. <laughs> yeah, blew it up, going up the 14th grade So that was, right that was the OEM, uh, or the factory tra- en- engine? The, the f- it was, mine's the an E71. So okay. it's a uh, 4AC. So that's, like, the single cam that a lot of the people in Puerto Rico like doing that one hot cam oh, or something like that? No, it's a 3TC. It's 4AC is just, like, the 4AG from an A86, but with a different head on it. Oh, okay. 4AC is equivalent to the D16 if the D16 was carbureted. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Stupid. They're everywhere. They came in all the base models, more oh, or less. Oh, okay. They have intake and exhaust on the same side. Yeah, great, oh, great non-crossflow <laughs> head and great for heat. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, uh, in terms of like blowing uh, gaskets for the intake manifold or just like running pretty just, hot. Yeah, but I mean that's what everything they were junk. But now people want like a thousand bucks for them because their eight their eight six blown up their SR five eight six blew up, so they want a thousand bucks for them now. So. Yeah, dude, like, D-Series are $1,000 now, like, at H- HMO, which is, like, dude, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, when we were starting off, like, people just gave you D-Series. Like, yeah, no, no one, one sold it. It's all supply and demand. Yeah. And as there's less of one thing, it becomes more expensive. Yeah, yeah but the, it doesn't change the fact that it's still a shitty motor. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's still a shitty it's, motor. It hasn't changed. It's still yeah. really shitty. It's yeah. actually gotten shittier because there's even better, newer motors that are... But anyways, yeah. So, I did. I bought a. Was that car stick shift? Well, did you tell? Did you? Did your? Do your? Uh, no, it was automatic. Okay. Automatic four AC blew up on the freeway. Yeah. Uh, did you tell? Do all your listeners know about the stupid Mustang me and you bought? Oh, oh dude! Yeah, that's right. But we he did that. one burnout in. <laughs> and then we sold it. Or what was it? It was sold to somebody in Australia. Yeah, so for oh, a while, uh, Ziggler, you know, this was coming off of uh, the uh, Lemons thing. And I'm like, all right, I'm down to do another one. And then uh, Ziggler's like, hey, let's get a Fox body because that Corolla was so slow. And then we proceeded to 
do a bunch of things to it, buy like good brake pads, at it, and then we just never did anything with it. Bob bought the brake pads. I completely I forgot. <laughs> well, look, John did something with it. He took it to balcony, and then the fuel pump took a shit. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah. and then the and then I took it to Grange once too. Mm-hmm. It threw a t- it threw a power steering belt. Um, but that was pretty reliable. I mean, eh, it I, wasn't like engine wise. Like it had good power, but they just like. Did you did you have a diff in it? Yeah, it had we. I did an S ninety five disc swap on it, so it's like the LSD. It's the set. It's the well. Okay, so Fox bodies come four lug, except for the very very rare like saline ones had five lug or whatever. Yeah. Right? So everyone, Ford use when it went to the s90 sn95 which is like the next gen yeah Mustang, after all the whole underside was pretty much the same so you can just literally bolt in yeah uh f- uh like an s90 sn95 rear end which came with disc brakes and was that solid rear or yeah, irs solid, yeah. okay yeah the, and the it had ones like... that came irs were the cobras i think of yeah. sn95s so, and then okay and then the the front suspension too, so you can yeah. literally just bolt on the hubs and everything and make it five lug. So I converted it to five lug. And, and, and the brakes and on it were freaking massive. Yeah, uh, we did from the, the Cobra brakes. Yeah, it was like uh, you could just type in a part number and you get the Cobra brakes from AutoZone. They were like they shared with like the the Crown Vic and stuff, I think too. But yeah, it was pretty badass for like how yeah, easy I mean, things we were. Wasted a bunch of time on it. And just like <laughs> took a drifting twice and then. And I did out that, that burnout. It was a stupid car. <laughs> don't forget then, like, that one burnout. That, that yeah. Dope. But I mean, I mean, I don't know. It was just like, it was clunky. It was like very like he- you could just feel how heavy it was. And yeah. then I drove this idiot's Corolla at Grange. I was like, oh yeah, I want a Corolla again. And then I <laughs> drove the Mustang at Grange, and when it was still Grange before Apple Valley Speedway, and I remember just leaving this sucker in first gear and <laughs> going like 60 miles an hour in first gear oh yeah it was with a like diff barely then. locking i'm like dude yeah. what the hell yeah it was stupid you can't get my you can't get much angle out of that rack too like you have to oh dude stuff, that rack know? was a shitty design i remember we we're doing something yeah. and we we're trying to get like a bolt from the lower control arm off yeah. and it would hit the rack and in order to do that we would have to drop like the subframe yeah, or something. Yeah, you gotta take like, apart the oh, whole that, front end just to get one bolt out. It's oh. and then half of it's metric and then half of it's standard. Standard, oh, yeah. That's retarded. <laughs> it's all so stupid. <laughs> that's literally yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, then okay. So then I bought. So then after drove this idiot's car. Then we sold the Mustang and then I bought that wagon. It blew up. How how much home. did you get that wagon for? Because it's still like a, uh, it was. It was like a nice looking wagon when you got it. Yeah, I think I paid twenty two hundred for it. That's it, it, the wheels. It does have the front end on it. Yeah, the brake. Yeah, but they're not even that much. I think you get the whole front end for like a couple hundred bucks now. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. it's kind of you can it's still all, get the parts from Thailand. It's all repop, yeah, stuff yeah, from Thailand. Yeah, yeah, but still, but still, I, I think like out of all of them, yours has like that unique kind of like Volvo two forty look to it. I think it's pretty badass. So, you were trying to correct the issue of it having leaf springs, and what? Oh yeah, well you should. Yeah, well I did a well after before that I put a beans. We did a bean swap. I put a three yeah. G just like this idiot has, and the I had massive axle wrap 
because the leaf springs, like, the car has 300,000 miles on it, so the leaf springs are just, like, so fatigued. Well, he yeah. actually took out a leaf to lower it also, right? <laughs> he had our, the previous owner had already did that. Yeah. And so it was on blocks, too. That didn't help. Yeah. But, like, even when I test drove the car, too, and I should I'm so stupid. I don't know why. If I, I in the, with the four AC, it was the it was getting axle wrap. Like when it would shift it from first to second, I could hear the, the, the pinion gear just no. It could hear the pinion slapping the, the body, <laughs> the body, the yeah. Bump stop. Yeah. Or he took out the bump stop. He took to the lower. bump stops out, but it would it would oh, twist the spring so bad that it just would bang on oh, the. Yeah. And I was like, "What is that?" He's like, "Oh, it's just like the." I was like, "All right," because I I still in my head I thought it had four link. Like I don't know why. I was stupid, you know. Just this is typical, typical idiot. engineer. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna wagons. Cool. No, dude, they're stupid. I should have got a coupe. So or did a the or whatever? Did the wagons ever have a four link? No, or, no. no but just... what people do is the wagon. Okay, the all these old '80s Corollas have the same floor pan as the A86, the four link. So you could drill out all the spot welds on a 86 for the rear section and drill out all the spot welds on an 80 Corolla for the rear section. And you could swap it to four link. And I've seen uh, people do that, which is a lot of work. Yeah. It's too much work. Yeah, but you got to find that, that sheet metal first. That's the problem. It's like anything with a 86 sheet metal. On well, it, no, you like, could, we're like five grand. No, you could use a T. Could you see? Uh, you yeah, used. it's the same. It's the same. The whole back section, just like A86. Yeah, but you gotta just do, like yeah, it's just a lot of work. And yeah. I and I could have done that. I probably I don't know if it, it probably would have been longer to do that than what I did. So, so what did you do? So I just did. Well, I had like lateral links on there to keep the axle wrap down, and that worked. But uh, the leaf springs were like so weak that I did what's called like for the first gen forerunner guys know, it's called a Zook mod. And it's you just that Mike Ziegler. You gotta get oh yeah, there you go. Uh, It's called a Zook mod, and basically you just put a you put a you just set like a spring on top of the spring on the bump stop for the axle in between the the chassis and the and the and the spring. So it's like kind of like an overload spring, but it's just like a coil spring, and it just literally just fits on the bump stop perfectly. Well, I did like that, but with like a ground control. And the problem was is that the, the, the way a leaf spring rear end articulates, it, it moves along an arc. Oh, okay. And so, like, it was just, like, rubbing. Like, my whole the whole ground control sleeve is, like, completely – all the threads are worn away just from the spring just yeah. rubbing on it the yeah, entire time. Yeah, because it's not going straight up and down. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, like, it was like a temporary fix, and it worked because I needed more spring rate. I still don't have a. I still didn't have a rear sway bar, and that probably would have helped the most. But yeah, but yeah, and then so I was just tired of all that crap because the thing was just making so much noise. I had 3D printed bushings and stuff for <laughs> the leaf springs to make it stiffer. It was stupid. So, um, so yeah, and then now I. So then I designed over Christmas break. I designed an equal length four link. Okay. I 3D scanned the whole underside of the car, designed an equal length four four link, and then I have some adjustability to adjust the anti-squad in it so i'll i'll see you know it's at like i think like 50 percent right now i think and then i can change between like like 70 and like 40 percent or something with my adjustments on there but that was like that was like free balling the cg because you gotta like if you 
you got to find the CG of the car to figure out how much anti-squat you can actually have. And in order to do that, you got to do some sketchy stuff, or you can, or if you have a, um, if you have a um, a scale, I think you can do it right. So, let me record here. Oh, so, so, oh, I'm actually. I'm actually curious now on what your motion ratio is and uh, what your spring rates are. Oh, you're talking about for the cantilever. Yeah. Okay, so I did the four-link and then I did a cantilever suspension on it because, one, like, I have feel coilovers in the front and I was going to get feels for the back, too. Yeah. Or 88.6 ones. They went 1000 bucks. So I'm like, I'm not, no, it's way too expensive. So then I got a car. Yeah, so then I got some... uh, (laughs) I got some uh, Gixxer 1000 rear shocks um, for 40 bucks each shipped on eBay. <sighs> and um, what's what's cool about them is that they're like fully adjustable and yeah. compression and rebound. And oh, have, double adjustables for yeah, 40? And they're, that's pretty dope. And you can get like replacement Oleans and all these high-end yeah, yeah, ones yeah. if you really wanted to. But uh, And then it's got, it's got 12K springs in it already. So with the... Basically, what you do is I designed a bell crank with a motion mm-hmm. ratio of two to one. So it would basically say, okay, for every one inch of travel of the coilover, you get two inches of, of travel on, on the, the live axle, on the yeah, axle yeah. itself, or on the push rod. Okay. It's a push rod cantilever system. It's what it, you can have pull rods too, but you have to have different coilovers. So does that ratio transfer over to spring rate? So let's say easy math, thousand pound spring rate. Would that be? Two thousand like, pounds? No, it'd be half. It'd be half. It'd yeah, be it'd be five hundred. It's 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 just leverage because you got more leverage. leverage. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just force times distance. So okay. Okay. So and, you get you get more travel, uh-huh. but you get less spring rate. So for those of you that are having trouble uh, keeping up, Ziggler's a freelance engineer by trade, so that's why he he's done a lot of shit like this. So he's that's also why we did it in Formula. We did Formula SAE. Like that's what all. All mm-hmm. those cars run, bell, we call them a bell crank, and that basically determines your motion ratio or whatever. So, and that's good because you, like you were saying, you can run those uh, Jigsaw uh, shocks on it, and it helps out for the budget. Because I mean, a double adjustable is still pretty dope. Yeah, but you got to spend so much. You got to spend a thousand hours building the thing. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, and and when the stupid wa- and the w- stupid wagons too, there's no real. The wagons have a very poor co- uh, shock placement because they wanted to allow you to have more cargo trucks, cargo space. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, they're like at a forty-five degree angle, so they're super narrow. And guys, like, ah, oh, yeah, you just put you put people would uh, put the keep the leaf springs, and then they do RSX coilovers. They fit in there. The oh rear. yeah, the RSX rear coilovers yeah. have like almost no suspension travel. Yeah, but the problem is you have a. You, you, your your shocks mounted at a forty five degree angle, so basically you have like fifty percent of its like a, if it's like actual effectiveness. So you have to have a super super stiff shock to get anything out of it. So then I was gonna say, are you struggling, Bob? With that I'm trying to get, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get comfy here. Okay, right? so with that motion ratio, you said Jigsters also have a motion ratio. They have, the like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know off the top of my head. My street bike does. They all have like what they call like a dog link, yeah. And um, it acts in the same way. It's like it allows you to 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 package the coilover 
like in any position or in, in any in any way to basically that you won't need some super long travel like like dirt bikes and stuff have like super yeah. long shocks because they have they're, they're direct mount to the swing arm whereas like street bikes they want to you know you get a big tire in there you want shorter swing arms so they they package them better and you can do like you can swap out the dog links and then you can get you can raise or lower the lower the the bike in the rear with that or like you can just even swap out um the the springs too for different rates so i can get up to like a i, I was looking at like a 15k spring if i wanted oh, to go wow. more but i can also just make a new bell crank and change my motion ratio to get more spring rate too if i want to so oh, that's right because you could that's like a cheater way of doing yeah that, well right? yeah i mean you just need stupid twenty thousand dollar cnc machine to make it but <laughs> yeah. or you could you could make them out of like just steel like patterns and stuff you know but yeah um what basic i just did it simple it's like i think mine is like two inches out and then four inches from the center for the for the push rod so if i came in i think when i ran the numbers i came in like a quarter inch or like a half an inch i would it would bump my effective spring rate in the rear to like an 8k or something or 7k so but i lose softening. but i lose wheel travel so you'd soften you'd no soften the rear s- you'd stiffen the rear i would stiffen it because i i'm bringing in the ratio closer one to, to one to one oh so okay. there's less leverage less leverage so yeah okay. it's it's you get more spring rate but less travel now okay mm. And you could go the other way too. You could go even less travel. So I mean, if you did a motion ratio of one to two, or whatever, then it would be like twenty-four k spring. <laughs> Shit, stupid. Yeah. But then yeah. you run into the issue of the shock not being able to handle that kind of like, right? Because no, because it's just leverage. It's just uh, it's like I said, it's force times distance. So it's okay. like just imagine, just like try. You know when you're torquing your wheel, your lug nuts down. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you're trying to bust a lug nut off with a little three eighths ratchet that's like six inches yeah, long, yeah, yeah. it takes so much force down there. But you use oh, a half inch breaker bar okay. way out here, it just boop pops real okay, off so, real easy. So, but you have to travel more to rotate it. You know what I mean? Whereas down yeah, here yeah, you're yeah. rotating less. Yeah, yeah. So would you get better? Would the damper be better used with more motion? Uh, I well, they're designed probably for a minimal amount of motion because that's they only Good travel idea. like I think from bump stop to f- now these these shocks have a quite a bit of preload in them already, but um, it only travels I think about an inch and a half or two inches of the full travel of the shock. Oh, wow. okay, yeah, it's really small. So, um, but they they're designed to the compression and rebound setting or. However, it's valved or whatever is designed to work in that range. So okay, it yeah. shouldn't affect depending, you know, the only thing, like I said, now there is one downside to it. And uh, I, I'm too stupid to really know all of it. But <laughs> there's guys that have calculated out basically where you mount it on, where it sits at static height. So a bell crank, they they it actuates around a pivot point, right? Well, the problem is is that if you're at static height and your push rod's at the 3 o'clock position mm-hmm. and then your your coilover's at, say, the 12 o'clock position, that's how I basically did it. They're 90 degrees out of phase. Okay. Um, they're moving yeah. along an arc, right? 
So the problem with an arc is that you once once the arc is completely vertical or once it's 90 degrees out of its static phase, its effectiveness is zero. Like you get zero. So it's infinite. It's basically infinite spring rate at that point. Oh, so it's so kind of like when you hit like the bump stocks on on, on a shock. It's like over centering. Yeah, yeah. or over centering. Yeah. yeah. So okay. basically, what you want it to do is you want it. From my understanding, you want it to work around the three o'clock position. It, this is the same problem with guys with it, who are off-roading with panard bars and stuff, or even with road racing and stuff. Yeah. You want your panard bar completely horizontal as much as possible because yeah. the, the the amount of side-to-side -side movement your axle will have is is eliminated if it's at that. But if you're at like say like a like a four o'clock position and you compress the suspension it's going to move your whole rear end over quite mm -hmm. a bit and then it's going to move your rear end over quite a bit when you go into droop too as well okay so you're you're you got to see it at, i can't I, we used to do this it, it's like a vet if you were to draw a vector you could see it so if you drew say you had a, like a line going from a center position to a three o'clock position and then you drew a line going up um the change like if you drew a circle the change from the the, the tangent or the vertical out that's how much it's going to move over so <laughs> i don't know you guys are too stupid to understand this but and i'm too stupid too but so vertical tangents it's, it's just it's just four times distance geometry <laughs> yeah it's geometry so like you don't the effectiveness of the of the bell crank like i there's so much science behind it, but from my understanding is you want it to be as, you know, around the three o'clock position was what I would say. Okay. Okay. So how do you adjust your ride height? Uh, just by with, the, with the push rod. So I have, so, so I have a push rod that comes up from, cause this, I still have a live axle, right? Yeah. So I have a push rod that comes up from the top of the axle up to the bell crank. Mm -hmm. And then, um, since the preload is set and the shock will, you know, react the push rod, I just basically make the push rod any length I want, and then I adjust my. Well, rate. how much adjustment do you have on that? Um, I could probably, I could lift, I could lower it and lift it probably about two mm, inches. Yeah, about two inches probably. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Because I bought some baller uh, end links that you know. What kind that, of hind joints? They're just all right hand thread. They're right and left hand thread. Oh, cool! So you don't have to take them off the car to yeah, adjust. Yeah. Well, them. my panor bars like that. I got to take it off oh, to adjust. Oh god! <laughs> so what kind of rod rod ends did you use? Speedway, the three dollars. No, I, eBay eBay kit. Yeah, I got a um, QA one. No, they're like a the for the for the equal length equal length uh, the four link. I did like a. Um, they're a no name. They're a Chinese one. Are they're, they Teflon they're pretty, lined or is it yes, just Teflon lined, which I burned mm -hmm. off a lot of it. Oh, when I welded. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and then uh, um, the, that's for the four link. Those are like five eights are pretty beefy. I could probably off road this thing pretty gnarly and it'd be fine, but they're way too heavy. I, I don't know. I was just, they were five cheapest. Eights? They were like, I think I bought the full four link kit for like 120 bucks shipped for that and the threaded ends too. Five eighths is kind of beefy. It is beefy. I mean, you could get away with half inch. Half inch is easily. what I have on my car yeah. for the four week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but the, but the but the push rods are all half inch, and I got that kit. I forgot what I paid for huh. that one, but it was only four of them, and it was like mismatched. It was missing some parts. I didn't even notice when I until I got it. So, is this the first time you're taking your car out and actually like fully driving it with this? Well, new I setup? took it. I took it in the canyon this morning. But oh. So what was the biggest difference that you noticed in terms of like ride quality? Did that go know. up or 
Because I know you were oh, saying yeah, that it's really I mean, it, loud. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have big holes cut yeah. in my fender well for the <laughs> pushrod system. So, yeah, it's stupid. But that's louder. Um, and then it resonates a lot more in the chassis. And then I eliminated a lot of the sound deadening, too. Okay. Because it's, it's the, the Bob, the Bob uh, dry ice trick on there. And I poured a bunch of alcohol on it. Dude, that helps. It, it, it really does. What it was crazy when I did that, I don't know. There was like a liquid that, and I don't know if it was just liquid dry ice or it was li- stupid liquid CO2. I don't know if that's what it was, but I, I the welding store at Bakersfield that I went to had, it comes in pellets, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh. That's the cheapest one. Because you could buy, like, there's a place down the street from where I live yeah. where you could buy, like, a sheet yeah. or the pellets. And if you get the the pellets, you just, like, smash it up a little bit, pour the alcohol in there, and you just pour yeah, that sucker in, and it's just slushy, and it it gets all the hard-to-reach spots, yeah, like, way no, better. Yeah, but I, I did that, and then I did your alcohol trick because I was like, okay, I'll try it. Bob said it, so. And then, <laughs> but it was weird. When I pour it, it, like, I don't know what it is. I'm too retarded, but it was like a... Looked like oil or something. It like turned into like a liquid, and I think it was liquid CO two. But I know I don't know, and it would just kind of puddled there on yeah. the on the on the sound deadening. Yeah. And then I was like, oh man, I gotta clean that stuff up later. And then I went back like twenty minutes later. It was, it was all gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the alcohol evaporates. I know, but it wasn't. I, the viscosity wasn't of the alcohol. It was like thicker. It was. Yeah. Like, no, it, it makes it, it. It looks. At least when I was, I doing guess it. maybe if it just makes alcohol cold enough, the alcohol gets cold, so it looks like it's well. Thicker. Uh, I don't from know. what it looked to me when I was doing it, it looked like a slushy almost, like the the viscosity of it, because there's like a little spots where I was trying to get it where it was a little bit higher, and I would just like kind of cake that thing on there with like a little spatula, and that worked really well. So yeah, dry ice with uh, isopropyl alcohol, really really good to get most of that shit off. Okay, well, besides that, besides all of that, how does it handle? Oh, I don't know yet. You took it in the canyon? I took it, yeah, but I the toe, I think I've just a toe a little bit, but and I had and I you know, I was I should have probably just put my regular street tires on there, but it yeah. fa- it handled good. No, I I definitely noticed an improvement. Yeah. I don't I don't know for sure. I it's like I have to relearn the car again, you know, it's a completely mm. different car. Well, we have the back because t- that that leaf spring ran. I could feel that thing move around a lot. You okay, know? it was junk. Yeah. It was stupid. Well, I brought my pyrometer so we could see uh, the effects. And I think since Calvin's still running, um, like, well, because I wonder, like, in terms of like lateral force, because you still don't have a sway bar on it, right? No. Yeah, but then you're using that whole. S- like, I don't know. It feels like it'd be interesting to compare, like, what after a hot session, what your rear temperatures are going to be compared to Calvin's. Since, um, well, you're running like a 7k in the rear, or you, you don't even know 6k, six, 6k China Spring, so unknown. So it'd be but about the same, yeah. I was gonna say, you could run a sway bar off of the top, right inside the car so yeah so this is like one thing that i've been trying to figure out how to do i have that celica super um rear sway bar i was going to cut in half and weld it like an idiot but didn't but there is there is okay yeah so we there's a couple options you can run uh basically a link off the push rod 
or like you know, like a bung or something or any way or clamp or whatever mm -hmm. and then run another push rod up to a sway bar that's how we basically did it in formula so you yeah. could i could get one of those dirt track you know nascar ones we've been eyeing for a long time yeah there is like another idea i have it's probably stupid but basically and i sorry to everyone who's going to listen to this because they're not going to see my <laughs> hands move but my coilovers the way i have them mounted they face each other right yeah so they're like perpendicular with the travel of direction of the car so they, they face inwards to okay each other, right so what they they move inwards so if you imagine two push rods offset of them moving inwards as well right okay so, so like so a I watts can, link yes exactly like yeah. a watts link. and then imagine a watts link mounted there in the middle with a post in the middle right well on a right hand say on a right hand turn you're going to have the driver's side compress right so it's going to pull the push rod this way and then the um the passenger side is going to droop so they're going to pull away from each other okay in a bump right so you hit a bump like on a like speed bump or whatever right? yeah, yeah, yeah they're going to go in on each other right? yeah so they're going to pivot towards each other so yeah. that's the differential so you have a difference in travel depending on if it's a right or left-hand turn or, or a bump. A bump. Right? Yeah. So if you imagine a Watts link, if you had a Watts link in there and you and you hit a bump, it would just yeah. actually, they, it would be in no effect, right? It would be no bind. It, it would just, yeah, no resistance. Right, but now imagine the Watts link, if you were on a left-hand or right-hand turn, they would pull, it would... Oh, it would so it would have tension. The other side. Yeah. Yeah. So it would work kind of like a, the idea of a sway bar, they, whereas one is getting travel, pushed up, the other would one travel, would put it. Well, they would travel in the same direction, right? Okay. Yeah. But the pivot points in the middle the same, so you basically you'd be pulling. If you you know you'd be pulling on that link, right? So if you made that link like, I don't know, if you made it a spring, like mm -hmm. if you made it like, like a leaf spring or something, you know, and you could yeah. basically affect you could depending on how long that spring was or like the shape of it or whatever you know the thickness you could make that the sway bar would just be that whatever that is that watts huh. whatever. so now my next question do f1 cars have sway bars i don't think so mm, i don't know i don't know about the new ones but uh i don't know you know i i they used to i'm sure you know yeah at i've seen point? a lot of different designs like yeah. that but i mean I don't know. I, I don't see why you... The problem is, I think the travel is so low, like, you know, I don't know. Because you, some of the Honda guys don't run sway bars, right? Uh, so there's a debate on the uh, no front sway bars. So there's an argument that if you have no front sway bar, and because we run, like, kind of aggressive tires and... Um, the whole idea is that when you're in a corner and trying to like dig out that because you have a, essentially kind of like a less less resistance to the um, wheels being like stiff um, that you get a little bit more grip coming out of the corner from the apex out where if you have it like pretty stiff um, with a front sway bar then your corner entry to apex would be 
a lot easier because you have a lot more feedback to keep those wheels uh, under control. So there, there's like weird, weird ideas, and there's like uh, different prefer- like preferences on it. What are the facts? Because rally drivers, rally cars, they run very soft spring rates, so they could absorb all the bumps. Yeah. But they run big, big, beefy sway bars. And I mean, most like the standard Honda front wheel drive like um, idea is you put a big ass rear sway bar in the rear and a soft softer front, and then with that to allows get it to it, turn in. Well, not only just turn in, yeah. but that you can be on the throttle as the car is rotating. So then yeah. you could be flat out and just feeding steering into it. And then do you also run the staggered setup of uh, 17-inch tires <laughs> up front and 15-inch tires in the back? So there, Hot there's, boy a, setup. <laughs> there, so there's a, a guy, um, shout out to the Blind Apex uh, podcast. So with a McPherson strut, because most new cars are uh, some sort of mcpherson strut it's very rare to see like a true double wishbone like the golden era hondas um so you run into the issue of if you want more cornering capability you have to run more um static negative camber but then that also reduces uh, your braking and it also reduces tire wear so or increases tire wear so sometimes in order to get the rears uh to be in the effective uh, temperature range, they'll run a staggered setup. And one of the guys over there who's running the eighth generation Civic, so like mine, uh, you have a McPherson strut front. So you run like m- as much tire as you can humanly fit underneath the, the fenders. And then that will allow you to get that one uh, heated up because they're, they're just really heavy cars. So that's why it makes sense to run like a staggered setup. So by the time your front tires are in operating temperature, your rear tires are at r- operating temperature because it's less carcass. So, but they run, is it a smaller diameter tire too? They yeah, run? they run okay, like so 17 so, front, 15, Like that's for the 16. time attack uh, people. They, they, they run like that. But, but they, do they run it because it, because your your rear tires are rotating more than the front tires, I think that's how it beats, builds the heat up, or what? I think it's because um, they find that like, and again, this is just because I don't know that much about like time attack for that. But I think it's to get those tires to optimum t- uh, temperature. That's probably what they're going with. Well, yeah, because your rears, if they're smaller in diameter, they'd ro- they'd faster. they'd spin faster, so they'd be building up heat quicker. Yeah. I would imagine. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. And they're uh, and well, they're, they're less thermal. Ma- there's less thermal mass in them because they're so they're a lot smaller, probably a lot less weight too. And so. if you're dealing with like a time attack car, like they only need to go like one or two laps, so you need everything to come up to temperature oh, yeah. really quickly. But the issue with that is if you were trying to do like wheel to wheel or even endurance, then that would be like a crap setup because then yeah. eventually the rears will overheat be before the front. I just thought it was so these front-wheel drive guys can turn in because they run, like, 1,000-pound spring rates in the back. That's what I'm running. Biggest sway bar, 15-inch tires in the back, and, like, dubs in the front. And it's (laughs) like, okay. Yeah, I I mean, like, so since we're at Willow Springs, uh, turn two, after I turn in, I'm basically flat out. Willow? 
A big willow. Okay. Um, so I'm basically flat out, and I'll feel the rear rotate a little bit. And what I'm running now is 950-pound springs in the rear and uh, ASR hollow tube that has a 1.120 wall thickness on it. So yeah. it's pretty stiff. But what I found um, doing that in comparison to having a softer rear uh, sway bar is that the rear was a lot more predictable. So as it rotated before, it would um, not be a linear rotation where it's like it, it felt like it started to go, go, and then it's like fucking gone. Where now it's like it steps out so progressive, like so linear that I could just like easily put in like going from, I guess, like three to one uh, on the like steering input if you're looking at a clock. And that would just automatically like correct it and handle it, and I don't move. Bob's sounding like a rear-wheel drive guy now, huh? I mean, we I always got to we always got to step you don't deal with that step out. Yeah, yeah, you just when in doubt, throttle out. Yeah, but this is like flat out, and you feel the rear end. Just kind clutch of kick it. <laughs> Bob, just continue it, dude. You just got to keep it going. Yeah. Have Have you ever felt uh, going through a turn and doing like zero counter steer? Oh, where you're like. Turned you're in you're in the sliding, sliding, but you're just still on the gas, and it's like zero counter steer. You're kind of like four wheel drifting. I I've seen some of the like faster Honda Challenge guys do some yeah. shit like that sometimes. Um, I think I've seen it like at Big Willow more. Um, but I think there's also a variable here of like the wind. The wind yeah. is fucking killer here. So, yeah, huh. So, I mean, it feels awesome and feels fast, but last time I was like, oh, yeah, that's that was a fast lap time. It's like, yeah, like zero counter. I was on the gas. Obviously, early, early throttle exit and sliding <laughs> out everywhere. It felt awesome, and my times are slower. It's like, wait, what? Well, so, like, with Big Willow and with most, like, lap times, your fastest lap times are going to be usually in the first or second session. That's what I noticed. And that's because of just, like, the track getting hot. And that's you're dealing with uh, intake air temps uh, going up. So you're essentially losing power. And also, like, towards the middle to later afternoon, um, you have a lot more wind coming in. Mm. So, like... I noticed it going into turn eight in my EG because I don't have a lot of power. So, like, going in there, I lost, like, three to four miles an hour. And I'm, like, I'm going in flat out. Like, it's the same. Like, nothing's different. And, yeah, uh, I'm doing, like, 103, 104 instead of my 109. So, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of frustrating because you're, like, fuck, like, I nailed those two, and I was, like, really brave in turn nine, and, you know... And I, slower. And then you end up going slower, and, and it's, it, it's... Yeah, road racing does that to you, where you're like, fuck, I, dude, I think I'm nailing it, but... It's, it's a mindfuck, because your first couple sessions, you're feeling out the track, and you're like, okay, uh-huh. I can definitely improve here. I can definitely improve here. And then mm-hmm. later sessions, you never improve, and you're like, wait, <laughs> what the hell? It's like my fastest lap time was like, yeah, my second session, and I keep chasing it, and yeah, I felt like I was super sloppy, too. Yeah. Although, for both of you guys, when you went to Button Willow, your guys' fastest lap times 
where like literally your guys is almost last laps. Oh well, I think that was just building up the courage and freaking yeah, yeah, just yeah, that yeah, I was building it up. Yeah, because I mean, both of you guys were doing pretty good. I think you got down to like a two ten. I don't remember or, or something. over all the footage. Yeah, and then um, I think uh, Ziggler was doing like a low teens, which again, like my sh- my yeah, my fastest was on the third session. I'm a download hot map. <laughs> yeah, Pop's favorite app. Actually, let's just take a minute. Uh, this podcast is brought to you brought to you by Hot Lap. <laughs> You know, I, the main um, data analyst uh, uh, guy, um, Kevin Burke, uh, he was on this podcast. He's uh, He was the driver for uh, Torco's Viper. So, yeah. No, I I think the app, actually, the interface is really, really good. I don't think there's anything wrong with the app. Uh, the biggest issue in, like, all of the SoCal tracks is just that you don't get good cell reception. So sometimes it's a struggle. Like at Grange, I know that they did that one. Um, I think, it, who was it? The tow group they did like a time attack there. Yeah. And they were having like uh, issues with the app, like updating and whatnot. But that's not like on the app's fault. Like, you know, you could have the best piece of equipment if you don't have the power to get it running. Like that's, you know, it's useless. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it... Mine, Chuck Wallet was really bad, but actually ended up working pretty good because I think even though it would it would go offline, it would still record GPS data. Yeah. And then analyze it after once it had signal. But I mean, it was within when it used when you had uh, your Chingadera in Dingus's car, it was like within like a half a second or something, right? Yeah, and yeah, I mean my my button willow time was two twelve. Yeah, I, I was two thirteen. Yeah, and I mean, most of the people that I've, like, coached and um, from the HPD1 groups, like, just people who, who quote-unquote, drive and do canyons and whatnot and go out to their first track day, getting under a 220 is really hard for them. And that's just, like, regardless of the car, it's... What's your username on here? <laughs> Wheel trainer, dude. Weedle trainer, we yeah, it, and if you want to follow uh, Ziggler's uh, journey in terms of uh, building more, um, over or if you need a freelance engineer, um, you can always hit him up. He's on uh, Instagram yeah. as a Weedle trainer. Um, Beat me one thirty two oh eight five. I'm one thirty two point four five for what counterclockwise streets. Oh. And I saw the ad, and we are doing clockwise, so we'll see. Yeah. Oh, oh we are doing clockwise? Yeah. Oh, oh so man. this is the one with the chicane. But the repave is... That's when the, yeah, that's the one. I, I, did, I did clockwise when I had the Starlet, like, one time. <laughs> I did it in my FCRX7 when it was <laughs> NA, oh, like, 30 years ago. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that's when that... That S two K flipped at the at the um, the chicane at the chicane, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, they they've uh, made it better because I know that like even when Grid Life came here, I was uh, telling Adam, I'm like, hey, don't run clockwise because there's going to be people trying really hard. And I think I saw a video of like a blue FRS mm-hmm. that did like a fucking endo off of that uh, section. Sure. I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna flip for sure. <laughs> what uh, what is uh. 
what did they do to ch- to help it? I I think they like made it less aggressive and like the way it is right now is way wider, so you have way more room. So when, <clears throat> so I just remember, like I said, I haven't driven it since the Starlet a long time ago. Um, Saddle cars, a dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, you uh, you kind of you. It's almost you like have a to, blind, you have to like point. Jump. It is blind because it's completely down and and there's a lot of runoff of it. i a lot of people i know but there's not too much that. it's I not know. too much though yeah. like if you if you don't i i i expect we it's, have to take it pretty wide sec- from the beginning right it's That's, a second one it's a second one yeah it's the second one people get faked out by the first one they break hard and then they accelerate again yeah. then they overshoot the actual turn yeah yeah well i mean all we'll these, all these 4AG is going to be struggling up that hill, dude. That's the problem. Like the hill out on the straightaway. Just, yeah, that's like yeah. that's like death for those cars. They're just going to like it's going to be second gear going up that whole thing. You know it. <laughs> yeah. Especially all these guys got stock, so stock 410s. Or for for right people now. that don't know, like this is a kind of a gear uh, an event geared mainly for Toyotas and Toyota Corollas. There's a run group. Yeah, there's a run group. A86. And I'm just going to call I'll, it uh, the Corolla Grand Prix. like three cars because none <laughs> yeah. of them run. All guys, all those cars are on jack stands right now still. Yeah. Octavio <laughs> didn't bring, didn't get his car running. He's bringing his BMW. Yeah. All all on jack stands. Jason didn't bring the his car. Oh. They're the simplest car. They and, and you guys fuck them up. Stock EFI. Yeah. They're so You're simple, good. but everyone has to overcomplicate them, and that's why they're not here. Yeah. Yeah. And right. the fact that they're like, you could buy three Corvettes for the price of one now. So, <laughs> so there are two uh, Corollas out here. I think uh, Calvin was saying one of them's turboed or. Yeah, they're Taco's Corollas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Taka Aono or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like drifting royalty in terms of like Corollas because he's been around forever. Yeah, he's always been an A86 chassis. Yeah. Huh. So, Calvin? Yes, hello. <laughs> hello, Bob. <laughs> uh, Ziggler's uh, taking off. Uh, I think he probably needs to poop or something. Yeah. Uh, What's so going on? Y- you know, like, this is wild for me. Like, we're sleeping in the trailer, which is so nice compared to... <laughs> You know, the last time we were camping out um, at a track, which was Sonoma, and I was uh, sleeping with Jeff Jones in a a tent, and Jeff broke the freaking zipper, Zipper, yeah. so it was open, and I don't know, man, like, Sonoma in December is the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. We had a diesel heater, too, when we went last time. (laughs) You had a hotel. Oh yeah. yeah. Man, <laughs> man. Uh, hope you hit up that continental breakfast for me. Nah, yeah. you hit up McDonald's, dude. You know. Hell yeah, you got you got to insert uh, the Bob call right here. <laughs> so I mean, I like the idea of an all Toyota event or all '86 or all Corolla event. But realistically, event. if you wanted to do that, it would have to be like BRZs, and then that's the only thing that would actually run. That and those actually are runs, running, yeah. 
And yeah. those are running the Subaru engine, which is known for being unreliable, yeah. as we were talking about. Because I think you, you mentioned it like a while back that the Subarus are the new RX-7s. Well, like Subaru Subaru, Boxer Engine, Turbo Subarus, EJ25, those are the new uh, RX-7s, RX-8s. Yeah, they blow up. I, I right? tend to agree with that just given the number of uh, Subarus that blow up. Yeah, but GT86, FRS, The BRZ, NA1s. Yeah, they do well. From what I know, those things are okay. The new ones, I I heard some issues of them setting on fire and the oil pickups being clogged with silicone. But other than that, I mean, yeah, you're you're supposed to get the. um, I heard they resolve that. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, I think I've seen some videos of them just being like minor, like tires and brakes, and they're doing like sub two minute laps at uh button willow which is really impressive yeah hopefully i have brakes for tomorrow <laughs> did you not did I, you not bring brakes i brought my spare used brake pads which <laughs> okay so so okay, what are I, they the I, welded I ordered, are they the welded ones i ordered g35 brake pads brembo brand brand name brembos off amazon for like 40 dollars but I didn't have time to mill them down and re-drill them. So Calvin's so cheap uh, that he doesn't buy brake pads for his car. So what he does is he finds. I could just well, do a track really, walk. The problem is them. that he's got T, he, he's got a TE. So I got non-vented. Yeah. Non-vented, non-slotted, <sighs> solid. They're disc like imagine inside. imagine like like a little bread plate as a brake rotor. <laughs> and, imagine a CD. And then imagine imagine a dinner plate as your rear rotor. That's what his setup is. Yeah, I got bigger brakes in the rear. So what what big brake option is there? Because I, I think uh, I've seen like the FC uh, You don't brakes. need brakes, dude. That's right. Momentum car, Bob. That's what you always tell us. Momentum car. Momentum car. Momentum Bob, brakes just slow you down. That's true. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm, road racing is different, but for drifting, people are getting big brake kits. I get it. You need that good cold bite, and you need yeah, them to yeah. work when they work. But uh, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. They're not. We, we should we should cut to the uh, video of you trying to use my braking point at Button Willow. <laughs> we did oh, a yeah. full 360. On, <laughs> I'm like, three. all right, brake here. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> It's because I got dinner plates in the rear and I have CDs, compact disc in front. Yeah, well, you got, you got vinyl that. discs in the rear. Vinyl, yeah. yeah. You got that eight track, man. Yeah, freaking twelve inch, twelve inches in the rear. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, well, it's fucking late, man. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, and you you have some trouble getting into the track because uh, you didn't bring cash, yeah, even I though it's twenty five bucks now. It's like, man, I don't yeah, that twenty five bucks. I know that's, that's like more. That's more than I paid for the whole <laughs> event, dude. Oh, dude, my the my listeners from the East Coast love hearing about how much we complain about uh, track day events because over there they have to pay like two to three times as much as we we pay for track day events and they probably only get to go when it's not snowing yeah and they still have to like tow seven hours to get to the racetrack oh yeah just because it's you know east coast and everything is just like shitty to get to i drove here 
yeah. 66 miles divided by 2.5 gallons. 25 miles a gallon. Yeah. Gangster. Not bad. Yeah. Probably get better, but, you know. You were fu- you it. were also fully loaded. You had a bunch of shit in the car. Yeah, so. but I've had more stuff in my car, and I've gotten about 27 miles a gallon. That's still pretty good, because yours but is a uh, beam swap, so. Yeah. Like, when we're caravanning, we're just cruising, but mm-hmm. I was just trying to get here quick, so. Yeah. I was booking it up here, so. Yeah. What do you, what di- what ratio three are you nine, running right three now? 3.9, baby. 3.9, Celica oh Super gosh. LSD. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know, dude. That hill, dude. Got that hill. Wait, You're going to so, have to crank up that power so. FC, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got it, baby. Lean out the map. <laughs> yeah. So, 3.9, when you, what, what are the options that you have for, for that one? Okay, at home. Okay, right now I have a 3.9 LSD. Okay. At home I have a 4.3 welded, 4.7 welded, and a 5.3 welded. Actually, no. I took apart my four seven to put the five three, but those are all the gear ratios I have, and I'm actually in the market to look for another LSD to set up a third member. Okay. And then I was actually looking at just buying a quick changer. Man, you gotta tell these guys. These are Honda guys. They don't know what a third member is, dude. Okay, so solid rear axle, non-independent rear suspension. Uh huh. The third member is what houses the clamshell, right? The ring and pinion gear. Which okay. connect to the axles, which connect to the hubs, which connect to the wheels. And this dingus over here has got—he's got what we call a Celica Supra rear end. So uh-huh. first gen Supra, it's like seventy-nine to like eighty, what eighty-three, eighty-two. Yeah. So what's the top speed in like second gear? I I don't know. Yeah, okay. My, my car over, reads dude. kilometers and everything <laughs> shakes. We'll find out. Yeah. it would probably be second gear. Paul, you could Paul, well if you brought you you bumped up your rev limiter right sixty so, miles huh sixty miles yeah you know. could probably do like sixty probably damn uh, maybe that's, but that's you got a little power tough. up there that's a problem it's just kind of start kind of starts winding yeah down my car is more of a mid range yeah we have two there the beans is a two liter so it's got it's more torquey than yeah than ringy and so. then well unless you put ITBs then you got like you just move your whole power band up. Yeah, ITVs and standalone, that just makes the car way better, right? Some some guy's telling me he made 250 horsepower on a beam. So I'm like, bullshit, (laughs) 250 horsepower. I'm like, at what fucking RPM? It was like, oh, at 8,600 RPM, you're going to blow your shit up. (laughs) Yeah, you made that much peak horsepower, but it's probably slow as shit under 6K. it's got no power. Feels like shit. Uh, people don't so. understand linear power bands they just want looking for these peak power numbers yeah so what what's the realistic uh power number out of like uh a beam 160 160 that's wheel? with a 50 shot in nos <laughs> this is and with know, like this is know. with a catalytic converter and a muffler <laughs> and stock airbox. so it's so like stock stock so we're th- we're talking about 160 wheel, though. Yeah, I didn't oh. even have an intake on it. It was okay. a stock airbox. But you were saying earlier, I think, that um, those cars are really finicky with their mass airflow sensor. I think they're only real finicky because there's a vacuum switching valve that progressively opened, allowing more air. That okay. entrained more air. And when you have a regular filter, you're stuck with just what you get. It was like a trap door. That's my theory behind it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So when when you're talking about the final drive or your gears, yeah. um, is it kind of like with uh, my final drives? Where yeah. So like a four. But it's easier to change out because I don't have to take apart the transmission. Yeah, but like the the smaller the number, the taller the gears yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so, so like a five, five three is pretty three, crazy. Pretty freaking aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm I'm running a four nine and that's just like fucking wild for me. Yeah. Because like a big willow now I'm using fifth gear, and before uh, it was like fourth gear was the best that I could hope for. Yeah, it just depends on the track and your driving style and how much you want to shift throughout the yeah, track. Yeah, you got more. Yeah. You got to shift more. So. But you kind of just got to figure out where your power band is because, mm-hmm. yeah, your gear ratio could throw that we, all off. We, I have a pickup rear end, mm-hmm. so it's the same ring gear as his. So we could we could trade diffs and stuff if we wanted oh, to. But yeah, I'm good. But what's your final drive? Mine's a 410 because mine's okay. a stock Alteza front I, rear end. I don't but think that's going to make that much of a difference. It's probably not much. but Plus tire size. Actually, no, I'm running 225, 50, 50. 50 yeah, you, got monster, you got monster truck tires. So those are pretty right tall. They're tall. Yeah. Um, but so. yeah, we why we have so many rear end options too is because it says it's the same ring and pinion as a pickup truck. Toyota truck, baby. Toyota truck. So like all like all the uh, you know a lot of off roaders and stuff like yeah. a lot of low gears. So. Um, you could get like so many options up, especially up into like the fives, which is not very. You don't like to do that because your your pinion gear gets so small. Yeah, you're gonna overheat. Yeah, and then it's like yeah, you don't have many teeth, so and they're gonna spin super fast, especially when you're not using monster truck tires. Yeah, you're just using regular street tires. And you said you have an LSD. Is that a clutch type or helical? It's a clutch type. This guy has a helical. Torsen. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to try to ride along with you guys. Um, at least you, yeah. you both have passenger seats, so. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. I just bolted mine in. I wasn't going to. I was like, I don't want Bob in this car. And I'm like, not right. going to listen to Bob where he tells me to break. I'm going to break honestly, where I'm going to break. Bob's honestly, only driven this track twice, he just said. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 but he's going to tell me where to break. Nah, I, yeah, I, honestly, he's just gonna tell you to break wherever. <laughs> I, honestly, on this one, I, I really don't know the track really well. Yeah. I mean, probably so why where do you you're hate gonna streets of willow. I don't like streets of willow for they two main. It. Two, so you can't say the pavement. So for two main reasons: one, it's not a track that I could get any data to compete with uh, the NASA series okay, of Honda yeah. Challenge. So it's kind of like. Yeah. Seat time, Bob. It's seat time, Bob. Yeah, it's like no, almost I get a, it. I get it's so it. cheap. I so mean, close. If I wanted to, like, pick the ideal car to come out here, it'd be in the Lemons Corolla to like just fuck around in. Oh man, that, but, that car's dumb. Yeah, but that thing is so reliable. You guys did that. So no, what was it? That Thunderhill race, and it was a. Uh, on that fucking gravel pit. Uh, <laughs> so reliable, it blew up within the f- first two hours. No, but that was because uh, Calvin was uh, revving it up to like eight. Oh grand. yeah, Ricky Bobby or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But you guys, what was it? You ran the 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 what is it? The distributor. Um, yeah, it's got no VVTI. Pr- yeah. It's got no VVTI right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the non VVTI engine, uh, oh, the gravel ran. pit engine. And that shit ran the entire event. Yeah, we 
wore the brake pads Jay- all the way out too, or <laughs> rotor on metal on rotor too. Jason should have gotten the freaking Corolla instead of uh, messing around with his uh, flyer. He can still do yeah, it. Yeah, just drive up to Oregon and get it. Really <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, you can fly up to you can fly up to Medford, nineteen dollar flight right now. <laughs> And make it all night. Dollars in gas. Yeah, drive it all night. No, dude, that thing got good gas mileage. Dude, that probably got four, that thing at Lemons. We like filled it up one time. We didn't even have to. Fill and it we up. were like, yeah, we were, we were like, every time we pit, like, sipping. oh, we got to get gas. We go, and it would like it, the gas gauge would not change. Like, I think we calculated out we were getting like twenty six miles a gallon, flat out, flat out the entire time. <laughs> And it's and Thunder Hills just like hill climbs all day. Yeah, <laughs> big elevation changes. Oh, Fuck. It got such good gas mileage. Man, I and it like didn't wear those tires out at all either. <laughs> Still on those first set of tires. Yeah. Oh man, it's full of water right now. It started right up though. Inside? I thought we have windows. No, I left the window open. Oh, this yeah. was all the rains we got it filled with water. That's so Ziggler has now essentially we're gonna have to call the compound. Um, he he yeah. just bought essentially every car person's uh, dream. How how many acres is it? It's fifteen acres. Fifteen what acres, <laughs> right next to. Uh, I fit fifteen acres of Corollas on it. <laughs> so you bought essentially outside of Medford. It's like uh, what's the name of the place again? It's called Grants Pass. So in Grants Pass, um, 15 acres, and it's right next to BLM land. So essentially, you have 15 acres, and then nobody can yeah, build next to you. Yeah, and then I could store. Yeah, I could store a bunch of Corollas on on public land too. They wouldn't know. <laughs> they wouldn't know the property line. No, the property. You can't see the property line. It just goes right into BLM land. So yeah, I could just um, stuff a bunch of Corollas in there too. Man, 15. And, and it's plus two acres. houses essentially because you have that one. You have the main house, which has like a, what is it, a four car garage? Well, it's more than that. I could probably yeah. fit like nine cars in there. It's stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna so. leave my car there because <laughs> you can fit. The guy designed it so he could roll his truck in there and close the door, right? So it's got high doors on it. Yeah. And then they're like extra wide, so like yeah. you could fit three cars side by side in there, and Damn. the garage is super deep, so yeah, you could fit that. like nine cars, two cars that. sideways. And then three cars in front of it, you know oh, what I mean? Geez. Yeah, a lot of options. And and you have like a bunch of like little shops or like little yeah, sheds. I got two, and two shops. Yeah, it came so in two shops. Yeah. Two shops, and then you have that trailer there, so the like mobile yeah. home. So that's probably where we would be sleeping. No, you sleep in the house, the main house, because it's two stories. It's, it's, it's a four it's, bed, so it's pretty big. And it's got this giant deck on there that looks Yeah, I can amazing. fit a couple Corollas on the deck, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start shopping for you. <laughs> I already found two TEs up there, so I'm going to oh scoop. Found a nice coop under some covers all ripped. <laughs> and I saw a stupid hatch like this idiot's. It's all brown in a trailer park. You know. And I, I found, and I found, last time I was up, I found a, what's it, the T, what T, uh. 51? Yeah, the one that the, no one likes. Those are so hates. ugly, yeah, like a 78? Yeah. It's, it's sitting in a barn. terrible. Dude, people oh going to want them, dude. God. People are going to want them soon. I, you know that. They're already going up in value, I'm sure. I guess. I'd rather drive a Celica. Yeah, same gen- same years as Celica. I'd rather drive a Celica. Yeah. Well, there was that one that... Well, what was that one that the guy... 
did the body swap on you just sent the link to? Or oh yeah, oh, it was like a seventy seventy seven Corolla. Yeah, on a yeah. on a Genesis Honda chassis, Gen- Hyundai Genesis automatic two turbo. And it had working AC, Five right? Lug, yeah, working AC heater. It's probably blown up. It's probably <laughs> it's probably a hack job. It's probably self tap screwed together. But yeah. Yeah, so Bob, you're gonna have to come up and r- race Portland. Dude, I have been wanting to do that track, and my buddy Eli lives like fucking ten minutes away, and he still hasn't driven that track. And I'm like, dude, you're messing up. Come on, dude. Bob. Yeah. Do a camp trip. Go up the coast all the way. Oh, I'm I got a gonna new have source. To I'm gonna ship a bunch of order a bunch of catalytic converters <laughs> to your house, <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna import them back to California <laughs> and yeah. sell them. Yeah. He is not. Don't, EPA, do not listen to this. This is a, a joke. What's we are the joking. EPA, you got to worry about carb, dude. <laughs> carb, uh, don't, carb, don't. Line. No one's going to look at the cereal. Uh, yeah. yeah, we know about that. <laughs> Man, you take it to some weird people in Bakersfield that look at your cereal numbers. Well, I didn't take it. That wasn't me that took it. so stupid. So, so dumb. Ziggler, tell the story about why you need to make sure your catalytic converter has zero numbers in California. <laughs> well, I bought a stupid Toyota Sequoia that had the cats cut out. <laughs> and I just bought... <clears throat> I bought on eBay two a pair. I think they were like 80 bucks each for some dude who just like literally has a wholesale account with Rock Auto and just buy it and then ship it right to you from Rock Auto. So he just takes a... He just middlemans Rock Auto, basically. And on the listing, it said OBD2... California legal, right? So I was like, whatever. So fine, it was cheap. And then I sold the car to my neighbor, and then my neighbor tried to go smog it, and he's like, it's not passing smog. Like He says the cats are the wrong ones. You screwed me. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I showed him all the listings. I was like, "This is it says it's California legal. Well, you go type the serial number in on the car website or whatever, and it'll tell you like if it's a legit catalytic converter or not mm-hmm. and it was not i guess but <sighs> the listing and everything so it's all fa- false advertising it was a walker cat or whatever it was like yeah well-known brand and everything so mm-hmm. yeah you just gotta double you gotta type in that serial number if you want or you just weld it upside down so you don't they don't see the number <laughs> that's what i should have done oh man just well, grind the serial numbers off <laughs> just, I should have just sharpied one in there <laughs> yeah you guys I'm out th- I'm out this thing dude you guys have to worry about all those cat issues still man hey man that sucks. I, I'm good I, my car's Bob, all you, of Bob, my cars you park your car outside someone's gonna j- jack bring a jack car jack and, j- and then just cut my friend in uh, my friend in uh in Valencia, uh, he, I'm I'm, I'm pray- knocking on wood that that his, doesn't happen. Uh, someone jacked his uh, his cat out of his Accord, dude, in Valencia, Fuck. right there. So you better watch out, Bob. Yeah, I mean my EG had a cat um, for a while while I was driving it to the tracks just in case I got pulled over. Yeah, dude. Well, um, some people stupid uh, the the cats on the dude, and I tried to sell it uh, like my OEM cat that failed. Uh, somewhere and dude, they were like, "Nah, we're not buying this shit." You sound uh, like a cop, man. You gotta, Bob. You gotta get. You gotta know where to sell them. That's the yeah. Thing. Uh, Facebook well, groups. My legacy GT. Mm-hmm. The the downpipe goes for about like eight hundred dollars right now. What the, the fuck? Or and then the or pipe, I don't ones? know. The up pipe goes for like five hundred bucks too. Yeah. I'm about to just park my car out right now. 
just for the cats. Because hey, well, since you're gonna go up to Oregon, you could just get like uh, a generic one and then um, sell those for like a grand, and you're done. I don't done. have to smog my car anymore, so I'm just gonna tune it and blow it up. <laughs> I'll stop now, but it's time to blow up now. <laughs> it's about to hit that hundred thousand mile mark. K twenty, just put a K twenty, K twenty legacy. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. swap it. Uh, all right, guys, uh, we've been up for a while. This is. Already more than an hour, so I think we're we're good with the uh, podcast. But yeah, you're gonna have to cut out all that crap about stupid Corollas because no one wants to hear that. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's going on there. Subscribers after nah, this one, it's Bob. fine. It's fine. They're, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's this, content, yeah, this man. was not an FF podcast. This is all about <laughs> FR. Yeah, FR, FR podcast. FR shitty Corolla podcast. But all right, baby. Yeah. This is brought to you by Hot Lap. <laughs> That, the only app you need at the track. There you go. Spring break 2023, <laughs> baby. We've already been drinking Modelo. You didn't so. even promote Dang at all the whole time. You're <laughs> so stupid. Dang. Well, I got nothing to sell. I can promote it, but Dangusware on Instagram. So, yeah, that's uh, Kelvin's uh, brand name closing that actually was created by Ziggler um, back in the day. And if you aren't already following him, uh, follow him on uh, Instagram and uh, su- like and subscribe his uh, YouTube channel. Um, if you want to see how to mount tires, dismount, um, use hand sanitizer. How not to do it. <laughs> Go ahead. And, uh, Our Lemons Race is on there also. Yeah, the if Lemons Race. If you want to watch Bob uh, bounce off the rev limiter. <laughs> I didn't bounce off the rev limiter. Bob Bob was complaining there was an attack in the car. Yeah. Why isn't there attack in our car? I can't I don't know when to shift. Oh, we no. just unbolted the we had Yeah, we had to unbolt the buffler so they could hear the engine <laughs> run because you could not hear it rev. <laughs> you had to just know it was shift time. Yeah. I mean partial throttle and full throttle. I mean it didn't matter, it's going it's the same slow. speed. One, one speed. <laughs> it's just go. Oh man, and uh, yeah, if you're looking for a freelance engineer, um, you can hit up a uh, Weedle Trainer on uh, Instagram. So, yeah, I think with that, we're good. We're gonna go to sleep, and then I'll try and get some video for uh, these guys tomorrow when they're out on track, and we'll see what the difference is between uh, Ziggler's uh, fancy uh, can amber lever. I-, I don't know how to say it. Uh, cantilever. Sus- cantilever. Uh, rear suspension versus uh, Calvin's to see if there's a major difference between it. There won't be. It's going to be the same. (laughs) Then we know it was worth it. All right. Well, with that, I'll see you guys next Monday. Thank you. Tune tight.